one of my questions is, as we do want to grow, I mean, we, you know, our, our goal is in the next five years to be a million dollar company. Um, and so we do have big goals for growth. And I think I'm interested in figuring out like based on Michaela and I's, um, profiles, like what are the best kind of like strategies for, for growth based on like what is most in flow. And I heard you talk about like for captain, it's kind of more like those, um, connections, networking. And that's definitely something that I feel like very comfortable doing. Um, like when you asked Mikhail the question, if you need to go get three new leads or, you know, three new clients, how are you going to do it? Welcome to the She Leads Business Show, where I shine the spotlight on female owners of growing small and medium-sized businesses. You're in the right place if you want to ditch the stress and firefighting, stop working too many hours, despite having team members, and never compete on price again. I'm Una Doyle, founder of creativeflow.tv. I'm a speaker, business strategist, and impact coach. Business owners hire me to help them to build a business they could sell tomorrow, but they probably don't want to because it's highly profitable. It's fun to run because they and their team are in creative flow and they get to make a bigger impact on the world. In every episode, myself and my guests share the strategies, stories and wisdom to help you to achieve this too. Now, let's get on with the show. Una here in the edit, just popping in to say, if you haven't listened to part one of this interview, do please go back so you can get to know Emily and Michaela. And we had actually started diving into some of the discussion around their personality profiles, around business models and strategies. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to remind you where we'd got up to if it's, you haven't listened to these back to back. And we left off where we were discussing Michaela's profile. Is she a pilot? Is she an astronaut? Michaela had said some things. I'd shared some things. And uh, I was just asking Emily about her opinion. And now I'm going to give feedback on that. So enjoy. Um, and so, so one of the things I want to talk about is like you were saying, actually, you know, she looks quite even on on some of the fuels um, and that there's like there's not a lot of points in some ways. Like when you look at it, but you've really got to look at the one where it shows the different profiles, because then you can yeah. see how much more it is in that kind of northwest um, kind of area of the compass uh, and how the the wise fuel and the sensational is definitely much less, but I'm I'm really interested with what you're saying about the you know creating processes and frameworks and things. To me, that's actually leaning more towards the astronaut than the pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so let me ask you a question, Michaela. Um, if I said to you, right, you need to go out and get three customers, what would you do? Uh, I would make a list of the different people that were different kind of like leads or companies that are kind of my dream clients. And I would like develop kind of pitches to go after them and try to get coffee with them. Okay. When you say develop pitches, what, what would that look like? What do you mean? I would probably like, I would, okay. If breaking it down artwork or are you talking about? No, it would just be more like. I would try to find the different people that were the decision makers on LinkedIn. And I would kind of try to find, you know, okay, the head of marketing or, you know, the VP of 
business development. And then I would reach out, try to find like a connection on LinkedIn or a connection between like our schooling or something like that. And I'd be like, Hey, I would love to talk to you about X, Y, Z. Um, I would just love to like pick your brain or would love to get your, you know, input on this and talk about, you know, my business that I have. Would you be open to coffee? Okay. And, and that's interesting because that very much is a, more of a pilot strategy. An astronaut strategy would probably be more, oh, I'm going to create some posts and see, mm-hmm. you know, kind of put some content out there and let people come to me. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just kind of though my experience of being that kind to. of... Yeah. Yeah. What I've learned to do in that community kind of role. And this is the interesting thing is that we can be very influenced by our backgrounds and our situations and the people around us. So, you know, like I know of somebody when they first took their profile, they came out as an ambassador, which is in the Southeast. Um, And then, then they they ended up taking the test again, months, months later. that came out as a pilot, but then as part of a workshop, they realized, actually, no, I'm an astronaut. <laughs> and, and they kind of went forward on that basis. Now, what's interesting is that they worked in a very wise organization when they first took their profile test. Um, and so that wise fuel was actually kind of drag, if you imagine dragging them down clockwise, <laughs> down and around up to the, you know, to the west side of the compass. Um, and so as they get, got out of that environment and started learning how to be more themselves, then they were kind of going back up to where, where they actually were. So they had been very um, influenced by, uh, by a very structured, uh, logistical, analytical type of outsourcing, resourcing business. Um, but that wasn't who they were. Like they, they were so burnt out and out of flow in that company um, and dealing with, with all those people. Um, and so they had to let go of that and really get into who they were. So I think mm-hmm. that there's some further nuances, but I, I'm just conscious of, of time. But I, I think this is something for you to go away and, and think about and maybe just try some different things um, uh, so you can you know, see for yourself kind of where you are. Um, yeah. and I, and I, so I want to talk a little bit about Emily and her profile. And then just talk about your team, because that was a challenge that we wanted to address in, in this episode is, you know, how can you um, how can you really grow the kind of team that you want? Um, so before we get into that, uh, let's have a look at Emily. So, Emily, you came out as a captain. So um, w- what did you most resonate with around that? It was really interesting. Um, I resonated with the uh, I love in my past jobs, I've managed people. And so I really do love developing that connection with people and talking with people, learning their story. Um, just the whole idea of, uh, and then also just like connecting kind of the dots between people. I think that's more of, I guess that ambassador, um, role, but definitely just being around people, helping, um, them kind of realize, bring out the, their skill set, And I think also just playing sports, I was always the team captain of, of my teams. And so trying to kind of, 
um, balance, like what are the different needs that people have and how do you, how do you motivate them and how do you bring out the best in them? Um, so yeah, I think those are some of the things that resonated with me with the captain and kind of trying to, you know, instill fun. I think there was some mention of like, you're kind of the hospitality person on a cruise liner, you know, making sure the guests are okay and doing that type of thing and entertaining them. And so, uh, I, that definitely like resonated with me. Fantastic. Anything that you didn't resonate with so much? I think the, like, it's, I think that balance of almost what we were talking about before of like, you want to stand out, but you also want to like your employees or like your partner or whatever to kind of like shine too. You don't want, you want the attention, but you don't want all the attention. (laughs) So I think there's kind of that, that balance there. Um, and then also I I've noticed as I've gotten older and then after, you know, I had, and that my concussion and stuff, it's like, I, I think I got more, I was more extra extroverted, but I think just, I really do need that downtime and being okay. Taking that more downtime, um, of like meditating and doing yoga and having more of that groundingness. So then I have the energy to, um, be able to be around people. Um, so, so yeah, I feel like a lot of the time I do need that, um, that time alone. I think we all need that. And as I think, as we, as we mature, then I, I think it helps us to be able to prioritize more. You know, when we were running around in our twenties, it's like kind of, yay, you know, all the energy in the world and <laughs> I'll go for this and I'll go for that and I'll go for the other. And then as, as we get older, you know, we learn, I think, to prioritize more. <laughs> so definitely having that, um, you know, having that structure is really important. And so it's really interesting what you were saying earlier, Emily, actually, about how when you were on maternity leave, that Michaela had created some frameworks and structures and you came in, you're like, oh, great, I can just work within this. Um, and that is very, very much the case, you know, for people with a lot of exuberant fuel is that they often really structure, they, they really struggle if they don't have that structure in place. Um, they can mm-hmm. also struggle if there's too much structure in place in terms of like mm-hmm. compliance um, and micromanagement and things, they can really feel like both Nova and exuberant fuel people can feel really, you know, <laughs> get off. <laughs> let me, let me, do, let me do my thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But having that structure in place in, in the business is, is often something that's missing for, for a lot of business owners. So in terms of the, um, you said that you'd started on an org chart. So how are you dividing up the roles between you? I was going to say one of the most interesting, you know, we put our names in a lot of different roles because we're a small company, right? So, you know, you, you build out the roles, but you also are going to be doing lots of different things. So, uh, you know, they're definitely kind of the um, finance part is like me. So doing more of, you know, invoicing, you know, uh, financial projections, you know, the accounting stuff, working with the accountant on taxes and all of that type of stuff. That was me. I really love to do that. Um, And then, you know, Emily really loves people and really loves the clients as well. And so we kind of put her as a um, head of client services or head of accounts or something like that to be able to be 
you know, really ensure the success of those clients and like those relationships and everything like that. Not to me, not to say that I'm not going to be in client meetings or won't, you know, manage some of our clients, but she's going to be kind of like um, the control. But one of the things that uh, was interesting was kind of the head of people, like who's actually going to be the person that does the one-on-one check-ins with our uh, team and making sure that, you know, those pros- the, you know, the, those people are happy and everything like that. And we had put me there, but I, now that we have done this, I'm like, oh, I think that Emily needs to be there. Yeah. That was one big thing that came out too. When, after I took this and I was like, oh, maybe I should be well, and the way that we had it with Mikhail was like head of finance and people. And so the people aspect of it was more, I think the, the HR and like the hiring and firing or like, you know, um, putting in processes and figuring out, you know, if we're going to be doing benefits and like different things like that for the HR side of things. But I think like the people management side of it needs to be potentially like shift to me, um, because of what just came out. So that's what we were excited to talk to you about. Like, okay, how should, is this the right structure for us? How should we utilize our skills in order to like best grow our business and be most in flow? Uh, And there's something you haven't mentioned. So who's responsible for growth? Mm. So I was the, uh, I think we put me, did we put me as the head of marketing and you the head of like business development? So we kind of broke it up like that. So I think that growth in terms of business development would be under Emily, but as far as like business planning, that would, I think I would take more of that role. Okay. And, and the, the more we talk, the more I'm getting wise fuel from you, Michaela. Mm-hmm. What, what fuel? The wise, wise fuel, fuel in the West. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it almost feels like I'm even though there's things you said that are sound very pilot, there's also things you're saying that sound much more astronaut engineer and even air traffic controller. Um, mm. And so I, I wonder, you know, it's possible we, we need we need to talk about this further. But um, I think it's really interesting to to look at that. And well, actually, let me ask you a question. If you could only do business planning and the finances, would you be happy? Would you be in flow with that? Or are you stepping in to fill a gap? Um, I really like to do that, but I would not like to do that to be my only role. And I think that's, what's hard is like, I like have, I like being the entrepreneur in that I have different roles because I feel like I can use different parts of my brain. And I really enjoy that. So that, so that kind of brings you a bit more up towards the Nova. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, and, and this is the thing is interesting. Like, you know, how things show up. Like I do know of a financial director that is a pilot and they, they just love numbers, but where they really excel is in communicating the numbers. Okay. So if they were just holed up in a, in an office processing all the numbers all day, they would no. be totally out of flow. Um, But to actually to kind of have a team produce numbers and for them to then, you know, make strategic decisions and communicate those and interact with the other members of the board and that they're kind of board level of quite a large company, um, then that was actually really in flow for them. Um, And this is the thing is like 
this is not about boxes. You know, there's there's often uh, nuances in understanding the best way to apply these things uh, in the business. Yeah. Um, I I, would I, say, I was just gonna say I think that I would be more of the astronaut because I. I like the numbers. I'm fine with them and it's fun, but it's more about the strategic decisions that you can make from the numbers. And I don't really like super, I do not like deep, very detailed things. And so I definitely am more of that like higher level. Okay. Right. Yep. Okay. So, um, I would, yeah, I would definitely, um, agree with the insights that you had around the, the head of people, because, um, you know, and just the very thing that you said, Michaela, about, you know, I get frustrated because I'm running on fast and then I'm leaving people behind um, and, and actually even doing team one to ones, like to have those happening, you know, every week, every fortnight, you, you probably might find yourself getting bored <laughs> with those over time. Like at first, oh, it's new and we're doing this. Oh, we have this new team member and oh, I like to, oh, I like to dive deep sometimes. But actually over time, you might find that that's, you know, not in flow for you. Um, so whereas for you, Emily, you know, it sounds like, you know, you're talking about, I want to bring out people's potential and that's very much a, a captain thing to want to do. So, you know, yes, definitely I would, uh, I would say that. And in terms of business development, that exuberant energy is the energy of attraction and networking and, and particularly for you as a captain, creating communities as well. So there's maybe something there in terms of the strategies that you're choosing to grow to make sure that they're really aligned to who you are and that your sales processes are aligned to that as well. And so if if I, I, I think, you know, maybe the thing to do for you to do, Michaela, is to play the astronaut game. I'll send you the astronaut profile so you can read that in a bit more detail. You have your training video anyway, you can go back and have a look at that and um and see and interestingly enough there's uh, like we have a kind of a rule of thumb <laughs> that um like you know like you can't have a stable um stool or chair with only two legs like there's got to be at least a three-legged stool hasn't there and so we have a kind of rule of thumb where we skip one and then skip two so if we have kind of an astronaut you would skip one to the captain and then you would skip two to the navigator um, and that rule of thumb works wherever you started. And the idea is, is that you're getting all four sides of the compass covered. So right now, mm -hmm. if you are an astronaut, then your second, one of your secondary profiles, Michaela, is engineer. So you have some of that wise fuel. But mm -hmm. what, what there isn't so much is the um, uh, sensational. So that, that navigator role actually has, again, a bit more wise fuel and also the sensational because they're in the Southwest. So from that point of view, that that might be a good person in terms of, and it depends on kind of where you're going. Like obviously you have people who help with client delivery and because you're a marketing agency, the chances are a lot of those people are going to be a lot of Nova fuel. <laughs> um, and in fact, you can break down, you can break down a lot of marketing into all four fuels. Okay. Cause you know, if you think about ads, like ads is a very wise person's activity. So yes, you have the creative element of ads, 
But actually, the success of ads is so much around analyzing what isn't isn't working, cutting out what isn't there, um, focusing in, you know, on those audiences and analytics and which creative is working and A/B testing and all that kind of stuff. That's all wise stuff, right? Whereas, you know, obviously, content creation is very nova. But then the engagement around that, that that often is kind of more exuberant and the kind of scheduling and admin around it is very sensational. So it's it's really interesting to break those kind of things down and think about, you know, well, who have you got on your team and where do you see those people sitting? Yeah, we were talking about that uh, yesterday about one of our uh, teammates, Caitlin, who is just like an integral part of our team and where she sits. And we were kind of thinking that, that maybe she sat more in that sensational, like the sensational to wise. Uh, but it would be really interesting for her to take the test and to actually see where she stands. Yeah. I remember doing a, a team workshop with a design company. And so they had, um, they had a, a team member who kept wanting to do brand strategy and they, but they felt that her her work wasn't a good enough standard to do that. And when we did the, the test, but she, she was an art worker. So but she wanted to be doing more original design. And it was interesting. And she also um, did um, crafts as a hobby. And mm. um, yeah, and, and it's, 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 really, it's really interesting. Um, so because, you know, sensational people are often very hands on. And um, so she would be given something and then she was brilliant at the fine detail of reproducing that. Um, and I think she was she was either I think she was an expedition leader, which is at the very bottom. So opposite to the astronaut. But the people who they had doing the design and brand strategy were typically astronauts. And I think there was one or two pilots in there as well. They, they team of about 20 people. So so it, it's it's interesting that. Um, you know, there's different ways of being creative. It's not only astronauts and pilots who can be creative. We can all be creative in our own way, <laughs> you know. Right. So, yeah. And it was interesting, actually, because I um, so I sew as a hobby. Regular listeners will know this. It comes up often in the, in discussions. Uh, but one of the things that I was interested in, I was surprised that I enjoyed doing it because I was thinking, oh, well, this is quite a detailed thing. But actually, when I'm sewing, I probably spend about... 10, 20% of my time engaging with other people on social media about the sewing I'm doing. <laughs> and I had lessons, you know, so I got to know the teacher and, you know, I, I arranged a sewing meetup and I have a social media account uh, for my sewing. And, you know, so it's, to, it's done in a very pilot way. Um, and actually also, I, I very quickly started doing pattern hacking. So I was taking something that already exists and then innovating myself around it. And so, you know, where, whereas a different profile, like a, a sensational profile, might not feel very comfortable doing that. And actually, it was interesting. I was um, out walking with one of my sewing friends this morning and they've been sewing for donkey's years. They're, they're very experienced. Yeah, it's amazing how many tools and ideas and different things that I've picked up that I've shared with them. They're kind of like, oh, you're always coming up with this different stuff. <laughs> and I, I suspect knowing them that they're actually, they have a lot of sensational fuel. So, so it's interesting how these things show up in, in kind of different ways, actually. In terms of what we've talked about, how are you feeling now about being able to, to grow a high performing team? I think it's really interesting. I feel 
like some of these insights that have come from this have made a shift in terms of like our org chart or how we want to do our org chart. I would love for our other team members to be able to kind of take this and figure out what, what profile they are. And, and also I think one of the areas that we are potentially missing, um, is kind of more of that, like analytical, um, more of that wise fuel of helping with digging into potentially the details and, um, analyzing. So I think that that would be interesting of having more of that kind of fuel, I guess that more of that energy. One of my questions is as we do want to grow, I mean, we, you know, our, our goal is in the next five years to be a million dollar company. Um, and so we do have big goals for growth. And I think I'm interested in figuring out like based on Michaela and I's, um, profiles, like what are the best kind of like strategies for, for growth based on like what is most in flow. And I heard you talk about like for captain, it's kind of more like those, um, connections, networking. And that's definitely something that I feel like very comfortable doing. Um, like when you asked Mikhail the question, if you need to go get three new leads or, you know, three new clients, how are you going to do it? And immediately I was like, I'm going to reach out to my network. I'm going to email like you know, a a bunch of people that I know, um, and see if they know of anyone. And, um, we've also developed kind of like a partnership referral network with other agencies. Like how do we, um, you know, engage as other agencies that are maybe bigger or smaller, they have clients that come to them that aren't a good fit. How can we send each other business? Yeah. What would, what would you say is like knowing, me as the captain and knowing Michaela as the Nova fuel, I guess if we're going to say your Nova fuel, Michaela, what beyond those, I guess, kind of strategies of like networking and doubling partnership agreements, what are that you've seen as um, successful for other people in those types of roles in terms of how to grow your business? What's the best way to grow um, the business based on like those two fuels? Well, let me ask you a question. Um, what would you say is your market dominating position? Why would somebody work with your agency instead of your competitors? I would say we, our team is in a really smart team of people who can dive in and really truly understand the business. We ask a lot of questions. Um, we help you really position your understand your position in the market. Um, and pull out your why. Um, so I think it's really that strategy and, um, developing that why of why someone should work with you and helping them outwardly communicate that. Um, so it's really in line with their values as a business and their mission and their vision. So it's really setting them up for success by digging deep and helping them set their marketing foundation. Okay. And would you say that your competitors could, could, could say the same thing? I think they could say potentially the same thing. I think it's more about the way and the process that we go through. We take a conscious marketing approach Um, So that's really digging into um, the way that we go about um, coming up with those strategies. Okay. And, and, and I feel like we work with a lot of, you know, medium-sized businesses 
And we bring in that mindfulness aspect to, to that approach, which a lot of marketing agencies that are working with those businesses do not do many, many business coaches or marketing coaches that work with, you know, entrepreneurs do that, but not a lot of the kind of more traditional marketing agencies. Okay. Um, so as a starting point, so, so you definitely got some bones there around that, but actually I think that needs some more work first. And I think once you've done that work first to really be able to like in a few sentences, be able to say this, and it's, it's so distinct from your competitors. Um, then I think that will allow you to see, okay, so what are some of the, you know, what are some of those, the best way to communicate that to your ideal audience? Um, and it may well be the case, just kind of loosely speaking right now, it may well be the case that, you know, you talked about Michaela being head of marketing. So maybe it's about, okay, so some particular strategies for content. And we know there's a lot of different content strategies um, that would create an environment for you, Emily, to build a community. So I think if you were to, I think particularly because you're looking for those purpose-led clients, they like to talk with other purpose-led businesses. Mm -hmm. So I think creating a community might be one way of doing that um, and that you probably really love creating that community. Um, I would definitely mm -hmm. say you want to have administrative support because it doesn't matter what platform, if it's in person, if it's online, et cetera, in any community there does tend to be a fair amount of admin. <laughs> so definitely having that sensational and, and kind of wise people in the team will help with that because you want to be focused on the business, on the people part of it, on building those mm -hmm. relationships um, and building those, uh, you know, referral networks and, and partnerships. Um, but if you have, so you can go out and do that, right? Without doing any of the other things I said, and you will have a level of success. But if you really want, you know, if you really want to grow, and actually I'd say if you were to do this where you are now, I don't see any reason why you couldn't achieve your million in two years instead of five. But you've got to do what, what you do for clients. And look, here's the thing. I say this all the time. <laughs> you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. I know yeah. it's, it's, it's so hard. difficult to do this stuff for yourself. It's why yeah. we've talked about that a lot. Exactly. So I think, you know, getting real super clarity on that market dominating position and then using that as the cornerstone for your marketing strategy because uh, until you do that and until you kind of have really got to that it's, it's hard to say what specific thing is going to work so but you're but basically if you take the principle of creating an ecosystem and then emily you know michaela creates the ecosystem or emily and team of content people create that ecosystem and then emily creates the community that the feel at home in that ecosystem like if that's something that makes sense to you what do you see as your biggest barrier to doing that work on our business and to create the the time to develop that I guess and when it was interesting when you were talking about like a community and um like one idea that 
I've had in speaking with another agency owner is developing a community of different agency owners um, that come together to share challenges and um, wins and successes, but also the challenges of owning an agency. And so I think maybe developing some type of like agency network or something where people can come together and then we can, you know, share ideas, potentially share resources, share clients, um, that type of thing is, is definitely something that's been on my mind. And so when you said creating that a community, that was one thing that kind of sparked interest. Uh, that, that may well be, that may well be a great strategy to follow. Um, but it's, it's different from the community of potential clients that I was talking about. Um, but, right. but then, you know, as, as a captain, if that was to fill, you know, all your lead generation requirements. Now I am always very wary of a business only having kind of one main lead generation source. Right. Okay. It's uh, and the, the challenge with any of those where you have, um, where you're depending upon referrals the challenge is you've no way of predicting that and you've no way of scaling it. Right. So it, it, it leads. So here's the thing. It's like when times are good, um, a- agencies and, and companies are often much, much better at going, well, it's not really our core thing. Let's give it to so-and-so. But as the economy gets tighter, you may well find that people are less willing to do so. Right. So it's just something to bear in mind now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would also look at, I, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying, be aware mm-hmm. of being dependent upon it. And you get sure. the right people in it and they really see, oh yeah, actually, if we all do this, you know, then we all benefit. The nature of human beings is you may well end up with some people who just take and don't give. Yeah. So I would be very careful how you structure that. So I think it's a great mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, you might want to do that. But I think also looking at, okay, so what's the what's the market dominating position? What's the ecosystem that you can create to attract those people? Um, and you want to have at least another one or two sources of generating prospects as well as your agency network. Yeah, I think that's um, another reason why we're wanting to expand into more of um, uh, marketing coaching, because that's more, it's a smaller ticket item, but there's potentially more people out there looking at that. Um, And as the economy potentially shifts, people are also potentially going to be, companies are going to be you know, maybe not hiring for a marketing role, but looking to uh, bring in um, contractors or agencies to assist um, with that. And so how can we better support those people in those roles and give them frameworks and tools and assist them in in doing that if they don't have um, some of the resources? So I think that's one of yeah. And I know why I know why you're doing that. And it's like, and I see a lot of businesses doing what I call getting on the course bandwagon. Now you're talking more coaching mentoring than courses. Um, but but the thing is, is that there's like that is such a saturated market. <laughs> and actually, good done for you agencies 
Um, th th this is why you want that market dominating position. I'm concerned you're going to spread yourself too thin. Mm. Okay, so right, there's four of you. Hold up, right number figures. There's four of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess you perhaps also have other contractors that you use as required. Okay, so as your business mm -hmm. grows, um, if you, the, the, the people who buy the marketing coaching are really the smaller end of the market. And the, the chances are they, they're not necessarily going to go, oh, we buy this and then we get you to do things for us at this level. I, I feel they're different audiences. Now, you know, we might have further conversations yeah. and go, well, actually, oh, no, they're not that different. But it sounded to me like a lot of, you know, like if you want to be working with companies that have budgets, you just need to get better at getting clients. Yeah, focusing on the big, bigger ticket items. Yes, because otherwise you're in danger of, we have some, we have a number of clients that we're doing done for you services for. And, you know, that's the high ticket items. And then you're diverted into having to look after a low cost, high volume offer that actually takes a lot of energy to get enough people into it to make it profitable. Mm -hmm. They're actually kind of two different business models. And what you don't want to be doing okay. is kind of have one leg over here, one leg over there. And you've got this ravine beneath you <laughs> and uh, you kind of end up doing the splits. Yeah. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. I think one of the things why we we'd like a passive income stream is really a big part of uh, of that. I mean, the marketing coaching is a little bit different because you you have to uh, you still have to work on that. You still have to have like, a, an actual person, but finding some ways that are, that are more that we can have some more passive income streams that aren't so focused on these huge projects that we do with people um, that take so much time and so many resources. So that is, that was one of the reasonings why. Okay. And so uh, I'm a big fan of having assets that bring you income. Absolutely. But passive income stream is actually a misnomer. There's no such thing as passivity when it comes to earning money. <laughs> mm. So assets always, yeah, there's, always work involved. there's always work involved. Yeah. So another way of looking at it might be, well, what if you were, particularly because you have a captain as a co-founder, like what if you were to look at actually building a team that was able to take care of those projects for you so that you have the income coming in, but you don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Right. So if you put all your energy into that one direction, and this is something you two need mm -hmm. to go away and think about and figure out, like, you know, what really is your vision? I, I would just be aware and wary of it. See, here's the thing. People talk about diversification, but a lot of the time yes. diversification at the wrong stage in business growth is actually just a distraction. Mm. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. And people talk about instead of focusing your energy on improving like the one or two services that you do have. Exactly. Yes. We were and just being, having this yes. conversation last night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Like, should we focus on just our, you know, the two main services that we kind of provide or should we try to 
get some other innovative services that we offer as well. Well, I, I think I'm not saying you shouldn't have other services, but they're ones that are, this one's taking you in a different direction as mm-hmm. opposed to always asking. See, see, what you're doing right now, you're doing the, the brand strategy and then helping people to implement that brand strategy through their content. Okay, same audience. One product leads in, so you have a project that leads into a recurring process type activity. And mm-hmm. um, so you're getting recurring income. So if you think recurring income is just as good as passive income, the only difference is, yes, you need people to make that run, but you have Emily who is going to be an amazing head of people because she's a captain. She's going to be totally in flow doing that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's super interesting. I think it, it makes that type of growth makes you realize that you would have to have a lot more people underneath you versus like diversifying your income in maybe some other services that may, you know, if there was courses or X, Y, Z that would maybe just take one person to run or something like that. But I do agree with you saying like really focusing in on kind of your niche and what you're good at and the services that you're really good at and those high ticket items so that you're really only focusing on like one audience. You see, what's happening here, Michaela, is that you as an astronaut or perhaps a pilot, you want to innovate. Yeah, Yeah, probably. Right? (laughs) So so a challenge with a lot of creative services is that they want to innovate and innovate and innovate. But actually what you really want to be doing is, okay, so you, you, you innovate and you create an audience, then what does that audience want next? What's, what problem have we created by solving their initial problem? Right. So that is where I would look to innovate. Mm. And I would also mm. look to innovate around your own marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you yeah. want to grow the business to a million. You also want to make sure that you're doing it profitably. And I think why we went down the coaching path in the beginning is because we were getting a lot of people who didn't have the budget to go through our other two, you know, mm. services. And so we're like, Oh, can we, what can we offer then? Um, that's a lower ticket. That's less, you know, more hands off. Um, and so that's where we came up like, Oh, are there, you know, frameworks or tools or workbooks or things like that, that we can provide and, and then help them, um, kind of through this, through our process, if and they, it's a DIY kind of thing. And so, so here's the thing. If you had a small project where you have something like that, that isn't a distraction, maybe, or maybe you just pass them on to other people in your agency network and maybe you get a, re, a referral fee mm-hmm. instead. Right. Because the thing is, is that, you know, at the moment you're marketing to one audience but your marketing messages, your market dominating position would have, you'd have to have a whole new market dominating position for right. that offering. Mm-hmm. And it's a different, it's a different audience. They're not the same audience that yeah. you're, that are your clients now. So you need a different yeah. market dominating position. You need different marketing messages. You know, it's, it's like running an extra company. Totally. And when you're bigger, I- then yeah because you could have a team of people assigned to doing that Mm, interesting yeah 
So before we wrap up, any other questions? Uh, this has been great. I, it's fun to do a podcast where it's more of like a working session. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Excellent. What's been most significant for you in, in our conversation here today, Michaela? Yeah, probably this last part, actually, of just a lot of things to think about as far as uh, how we want to grow our services and our team and also kind of thinking about, because I think for a long time, Emily and I have struggled with having a team and growing a team and like, do we actually want to do that? Or do we want to try to be like way more, way smaller and more nimble uh, where we don't have to have, do all this people and culture work um, for a bigger agency. And so I think there's been kind of these two directions that we could go as far as like staying super small, super nimble. Um, yeah. And then the, the other direction, which we're kind of talking to you about is like, okay, you really focus on those um, core services. Those core services means that there's going to need to be like quite a few people underneath you that you're training to do the creative process. Like you want it to go. And so there's going to be, your job is going to be a lot more people development um, versus actually doing client work. And, and these are the decisions that we make in terms of what has you in or out of flow and your visions and, and actually yeah. what the impact on the world is that you want to make. Yep, mm -hmm. totally. So who you most want to help and what's the best way to help those businesses, those people. Um, so I think there's like, you know, sometimes there's what we talk about brings up a lot more questions. <laughs> and yes, I think that's, uh, yes, 100%. that's definitely, the case, <laughs> definitely the case here. Um, Emily, what, what's the most significant for you in our conversation? I think switching um, uh, the org chart was, was, is big of thinking about who's responsible for what. And then also this last part of what, of potentially not uh, looking at the, um, you know, the coaching kind of service or changing, changing that up or, or holding that until, you know, we get to a, a maybe a different stage in our growth. So I think just that more you helping us bring up some questions around us getting more clear on the direction and like the best and fastest way to grow. And it's kind of answering the question that Michaela and I were talking about just this last week of, should we just really focus in on, you know, our kind of core service offerings that we know we're good at and that we can do really well. Um, and just putting, um, our focus on getting those really ideal clients that have the right budget. Right. Because uh, budgets, here's the thing, even in a tight economy, like money's still there. The money hasn't disappeared. People are just slower to spend it. And they, mm -hmm. they often require more justification. Um, and mm -hmm. for us as business owners, in our marketing, that means we need more differentiation because that differentiation is actually the innovation that helps customers to, helps clients to see, oh, wow, it's a, it's a no brainer for me to work with this company. They can help because like a market dominating position addresses two key things. You know, what's the problem in your client's head that they have and they don't want? 
and what is the result they want that they don't yet have and so when you mm-hmm. can communicate that um then that makes that makes a huge huge difference because all of a sudden you know it's just so much easier to attract and convert the right kind of clients that will be mm-hmm. highly profitable and a joy to work with right and that allow you to do work you're proud of and to make the impact that you really want mm-hmm. yeah you hit the nail on the head <laughs> <laughs> Well, it has been a fascinating discussion. It's been so nice to get to know you both, Michaela and Emily, and Michaela's dog. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. No, no, I want to see her. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so it's been, it's, it's been great. I'm really pleased that this has been helpful for you. And, you know, in listening to this, I hope it's been helpful for you and do please, you know, uh, reach out. I'll, I'll just, I'll come to you in a moment and ask you to share where the people can find you. And, um, but please do reach out if you want some help in implementing any of the things that we've talked about here today, about being in flow, about positioning, about high performing teams. I mean, there's, there's just so much, I mean, we could be here for days talking through this <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> yep for sure so um so yeah you know what you've learned from today please 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 make sure that you actually go and take action on something even if it's only one little bit please do something mm-hmm. as a as a result of that and uh, and let us know let us know what that is um thank you again Michaela and Emily please tell people where they can find you yeah, you can find us uh, on our website at hellobrilliantmarketing.com. Also on Instagram, we got a lot of fun content on there um, at Brilliant Marketing or on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And I look forward to speaking with you all again soon. Bye for now. All right. Thanks, Una. Thanks, Una. That's all for today, folks. Have you subscribed to get more of this juicy goodness for your business? If not, tap that button now. Remember to check the description for links mentioned in this episode. Did you enjoy and find value in this free broadcast? I want you to know that I go so much deeper into the topics discussed with coaching and workshops based on my impact-driven growth model. Want to know how I can help you to double your profits without spending a penny more on marketing or ads? Let's arrange to hop on a call to discuss your goals and challenges, and I'll show you how. Plus, when you book, I'll send you some free training videos too. Go book now at creativeflow.tv forward slash call with Una. That's creativeflow.tv forward slash call with Una.